0: The Girl Talk, Inc. podcast inspires middle and high school girls to learn about, to embrace, and to live every day in their leadership lifestyle. Welcome back. We're your hosts, Pace
1: and Melissa. Hey, leaders. I am beyond excited for you to hear from Marissa Joseph and Deisha Dyer. They were a part of our first ever Leadership Defined Virtual Summit. But first, we really want you to understand who Deesha is and who Marissa is. So we are sharing a little bit about them, and then we will get right into it. Deesha Dyer is an award-winning
0: event strategist, community organizer, and speaker who specializes in transforming ideas into causes that create tangible change. A 2019 Resident Fellow for the Harvard Kennedy School Institute of Politics, her career and personal journey reflects an unwavering passion for servant leadership, civic engagement, and social justice. On her journey from a 31-year-old community college student intern to Social Secretary for the Obama White House, Disha resolved to not only open, but build doors of opportunity, support, and access to others. Deisha worked with the President and First Lady to plan and arrange all official and personal events hosted at the White House. She coordinated the historic visit of Pope Francis, state dinners with leaders from China, Canada, Italy, Singapore, and she booked legendary acts for like Beyonce Bruce Springsteen, Aretha Franklin, and more. Deesha is the co-founder and executive director of Be Girl World, an organization that empowers teen girls through global education and travel. In 2019, Be Girl World awarded scholarships to two Black female college students who have been accepted into study abroad programs. She also oversees additional initiatives, including Black Girl 44, a scholarship fund for young Black women seeking internships in Washington, D.C., and the Disha Dyer Second Chance Scholarship at the Community College of Philadelphia. Deesha recently completed a two-year tenure at the Ford Foundation and opened her social impact firm, Hook & Fasten, in May, 2020. She is a sought after keynote speaker known for delivering engaging talks about topics spanning women in leadership, diversity, and social change. She was named Marie Claire's new guard of women changing the world and The Roots' most influential African-Americans. A proud Philly native who currently resides in Harlem, she has been featured in national media outlets including Time, The New York Times, El Glamour, Marie Claire, Essence, Vogue, Forbes, Travel Noir,
1: and The Washington Post. Disha's mentee, Marissa Joseph, is a rising sophomore at Harvard University, and she is from Ackworth, Georgia. She plans to pursue a concentration in history and literature. On campus, she is the incoming special events chair for the Association of Black Harvard Women, and previously served as a first year representative. She has also been involved with the Harvard Kennedy School's Institute of Politics fellows. and the study group program, and and served as a liaison for Deesha Dyer. This summer, she is excited to return home to Atlanta and explore the pas- her passion for public service with the Center for Civic Innovation. We are so excited to introduce to you Deesha and Marissa.
0: Deesha, could you talk a little bit more about like you as an individual um, and how yeah. kind of kind of, like what was going on
2: in your life that led you through your leadership story? Um, so for me, um, you know, I, I never knew really what leadership was. My family wasn't really big into like leadership. It was just, you know, we were just a regular family that, you know, my dad was one of these, just do well in the world and do good by people. Um, So I never really saw myself as a leader. I did not see myself as a leader probably until I got to the White House. I actually, always since high school have been involved in different causes, different things, really centered around women and HIV AIDS. Um, And I led a lot of like marches and little campaigns and things like that. But I didn't see myself as a leader because I didn't know anybody who was a leader who looked like me. And so who was a black woman, you know, so I was just like, I'm just somebody who's doing the work that needs to be done. Um, So it wasn't really until okay, then well, then I was a hip hop journalist. I was a hip hop dancer and then I worked at like the mall for a number of years and I went back to community college and it wasn't really until I got to the White House where people started being like, I, you know, really look up to you. I really look up to what you're doing, how you got here. You know, I was a 31 year old community college student who applied for a White House internship, got the White House internship. And then that turned into a full-time job, got three promotions. And then one of them, but my last one was at the right hand of the president. So it, so I think that, you know, I didn't know I was a leader until I got to the White House. Um, I just always did things I thought needed to be done. And I think that that's the lesson in this is like not waiting till somebody appoint you a leader or says you are the leader or you're the head of something because you could be waiting a very long time for that. But if you have a gift that's in your heart, if you have a gift of service, if you have a gift of saying, I like organizing and putting things together, then for me, I just did it. Like, I didn't, you know, wait for permission. And I didn't wait till somebody told me. I, it wasn't, again, till I got to the White House. So people were like, I look up to you. You did, And I'm like, what? Like, you know, I didn't really ever see that because I just thought it was my duty to do what I was doing by changing the world through my actions. Or I thought it was the right thing to do by, you know, mentoring young girls. when When I was, you know, young myself, I was like 20 mentoring girls who were like 15. And I got, you know, So that's how I even got the White House application for the internship is somebody sent it to me for the young girls that I mentor. So that's how the application even got to me. So I think that I never saw myself as a leader until then. And so I just encourage people to not get caught up on the title of being a leader because you could also, it doesn't mean always leading people. Sometimes it's just being an example yourself and doing what you're supposed to do. And then people seeing that and seeing you as an example. Um, so that's what I would say overall about my leadership experience. I just feel like I should snap. <laughs> snap good. Snap is
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. Um, and now, um, Marissa, I think that you definitely have a very, um, Specific and beautiful story, especially being the child of immigrants. I
3: was the only black girl in my class for like about five or six years, um, and I felt super isolated, super alone. I felt like nobody understood me, and I felt like you know I was singled out in a way, being like the only black girl, um, and like made to be this like aggressive person because I questioned, I asked a lot of questions. Um, I got detention one day or like suspension because my teacher tried to tell us you know Christopher Columbus discovered America and I was like no he didn't like I was like there were people here before how can you say that and I'm a fourth grader like arguing with her history teacher she's like you're disrespectful and like I just couldn't understand because in my household my mom always encouraged me to ask questions she always told me these like alternative stories I would come home with my history lesson she'd like "Mm, no that's not exactly what happened and then I'd go back into my classrooms and try and teach my teachers and they did not take that well um and so around middle school I started thinking about going to boarding school my brother went to boarding school so I had to do everything that he did um and so I transitioned into boarding school in high school and I thought you know this environment is going to be great like it's all these diverse people these international students and they sold me on this idea of diversity which was extremely present but it took you know a couple of months into the school year for me to realize like diversity does not equal inclusion um and so after a year of feeling very uncomfortable about like the role that me and my diverseness and my background was playing in kind of being a prop i decided you know there's nobody here that's actually doing the actual work to include all of these diverse peoples and i can't sit back and wait for somebody else to do that work Um, and I think like that's like a really big lesson to learn is that sometimes it's okay to be you know the voice that's going against the crowd it's okay to say like I am not okay with complacency anymore and to speak out and I think that's really scary and like I don't think people should downplay how scary that is because it could lead to you like being a social pariah it could lead to you know the adults in the room, like thinking of you as a troublemaker, but I think it's okay to be a troublemaker. I think that's the biggest lesson that I've learned in my leadership experience is that, you know, a lot of these figures that we look up through, look up to throughout history, they were the troublemakers of their time. People were not applauding MLK for the work that he was doing when he he was alive. Um, And so it's okay, like maybe in hindsight, people will realize like, hey, you know, that person actually was talking about something, Um, Maybe I shouldn't have been like, so opposed to what they were saying. Um, But I did a lot of inclusion work within my high school um, and just trying to, I guess, like uplift the diverse voices and uplift the international students at our school who I felt like were underrepresented in our staff. And I did that a lot through journalism. Um, And I think I ran into a lot of issues with censorship. um, And just like people trying to change my voice to fit what they thought to be appropriate, um, and yeah, I and so luckily for me, I had really strong advisors who stood behind me and stood behind the stories that I wanted to tell. Um, but I will say, you know, don't ever let anyone alter your voice. I feel like for me personally, where I have stood is just that it's better to not tell my story at all than to tell my story false or to tell my story in the wrong way. I'd rather like, stay silent then send out a message that is, like, contrary to me and to what I believe, um, and so that was my constant leadership battle in high school is just people, like, saying, like, y- yes, you can speak, but you have to speak in this way, um, and just trying to, like, tokenize me in the spaces that I was in, um, and I think it took a lot of strength for me to say, like, no, like, this is who I am, and you cannot change that, and it's okay to be, who you are, it's okay to be a black girl. And I'll like repeat that because I feel like that's something that nobody told me for a long time in my life. It's okay to be a black girl. And when you're in these predominantly white environments as like a minority, it sometimes feels like you have to conform to everybody else. And it's like, no, who you are is beautiful.
1: Yes, girl, yes. And um, so I think one of the huge things that people really deal with also in school is that it's this thing that's like, hey, you're too young to have a voice. You can't have a voice because of your age. And I think that is so false. And so I would love for both of you to speak on that um, because age is just a number. And if you put your mind to something and you have a passion and, a, and you obviously have a purpose in this world, then you, it doesn't matter the age. And so can y'all speak on that a little bit?
3: Um, I can go first. I think it takes a lot of bravery to be a young person in a room full of like adults who are telling you one thing and to say no and I think some of the best advice that I got in high school was someone who told me like you don't have to take every single piece of advice that's given to you like some people will give you advice some like very like wise like renowned people will give you advice and that advice will be wrong for you and for the situation oh. that you're in oh. um, and so i think like as a young person there will be like a lot of people telling you like these are the directions that you need to go in and like oh you're too young to do that and like those people like put same like simply like will be wrong um and yeah i think people who see you and see what you're capable of will support you Um, if you're organized about what you're doing, if you're thoughtful about what you're doing, I don't think I'll ever encourage anyone to like, you know, go off the rails per se. But at the same time, like if people see that you have a plan, that you're organized, that you're serious and you're about it, I think that's the best tool that you can have is just to be forward thinking and to be about your business in a way that nobody can poke holes in what you're trying to achieve. Um, because like you like have been thoughtful about like what you're trying to do.
2: Yeah, and I would piggyback on that with Marissa, what Marissa said. I think that um, I completely co-signed on everything she said. I think the other thing is, is that you don't have to be this celebrity or the social media influencer or whatever to have a voice. I mean, there's a lot of young people that are very known now who are amazing and doing amazing things, but I don't want people to think that that's what you need in order to express your voice. Like if you can express your voice with just three people in the room, like or one other person, it doesn't matter at all. And so I think that the one thing I would say is, you know, you're not too young. Like you start forming opinions and thoughts, you know, when you're a baby and, and throughout your time. And as we are right now in the world is that young people are observing what's happening in real time. And they're seeing that this is the world that they're going to have to live in, work in, um have children in if they chose to or whatever it is. And so we don't have a right to say you're too young for this because they're also looking at what's happening right now and saying, I want to stop this or I want to make this better. So then my generation can, you know, enjoy these things and we can have these healthy things and we can have, you know, a good environment and a planet to live on. And so I think that we can't, you know, when people say, you know, people are too young or whatever, they don't have lived experience. I think that we have to not be so quick to dismiss for that very reason, but also I don't want young people thinking that they have to to know everything in order to speak out. Sometimes you speak out and all you can say is, I just don't think this is right. And then you'll have other allies or other people kind of join your tribe and be like, let's band together. And that's the good thing about community and having a coalition is like, you may not have all the answers, but once you speak out about it, someone else may come to you and say, you know what, I've been thinking about the same thing and I know how to do this. And before you know it, you have like a coalition and a group of people and the the power is in numbers. And so never feeling like, you know, you have to know it all out the gate, like you don't need to. And your voice, whatever whatever you say, it's, it's solid and it's, it's, it's validated and, you know, and you should speak it. And so that's what I would say, but I would never dismiss someone because of their age. I think that that's just a, that's just a falsehood. So, yeah.
0: I think that dismissing anyone because of any form of anything (laughs) like it is, um, based on like whatever, like the gender in which that I, they identify with, the sexual orientation in which they identify with, whether, um, it's their race, whether it's ethnicity, um, all the ways in which that make us so different, so beautiful, so, um, just unique, um, should never be a reason why, um, someone should have a barrier to leadership in general. Um, I think that every single human being, as you pointed out, um, Disha, is supposed to be a leader, um, and it doesn't have to look like um, them leading a group of people, Um, and that's not the only form of leadership. I think that uh, leadership is also being good at something and being so good at it that people entrust you to always do that thing, Um, and I think that in this like segment, um, us kind of like discussing how all of these things that people will use against us as a form of why we shouldn't be leaders, um, is definitely alluding back to that imposter syndrome conversation in which that we were talking about before. Um, so I, in this podcast, um, a couple of things that we want you guys to take away from it is how you combat imposter syndrome. And, um, has a wonderful resource um, because she did um, an imposter. It was a program at in Harvard's School of Policy, Kennedy School of Policy, correct? Institute of Politics at Kennedy School. Thank you. Uh uh-huh. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> Policy. Um, uh, she did this really, really cool. It was an eight-week program, correct? Yes, eight yes. weeks. Um, and it was an eight-week program where she discussed imposter syndrome. Um, so. If you could highlight how you encourage people to combat imposter syndrome, I think that that would be a great resource for this podcast.
2: Sure, and so the first thing I would start with is um, comparing yourself to others, to stop doing that. I think that social media makes it kind of hard for us sometimes, but we often compare ourselves to other people and say, well, this person has this, this person's smarter, and look at what this person's doing, but I'm sure I'm not the first to say um, to, you know, to everyone listening that social media is very much a filtered world, right? I don't think it's bad at all. Like, I think it's a tool. Like, if, you know, you want to take a cute picture and filter it, like, whatever. Like, I think that, you know, you're allowed to do that. It's not that deep for me. But I think that it gets to be a problem when you're comparing yourselves to other people. Because that makes you feel like what you're doing is not good enough or who you are is not good enough. So I would say to stop comparing yourself to people that aren't you, and that's everybody. Whether that is somebody on the internet, whether that is your friend next to you, whether that is your older sister, older brother, your mother, whatever, stop comparing yourself to other people and know that you are an individual. The second thing I would say, and I tell people this all the time, write down all of your accomplishments, like all the things that you've ever accomplished, whether it was getting a great grade, getting into a good school, whether it was overcoming, a disorder whether it was whatever it is and just read that list back to yourself and those are all the things that are positive that you have accomplished but like you did that yourself so what makes you think that what you're in right now you are not worthy of having right so because you look at the list of all the dope things and all the amazing things you've done that list will be so long and sometimes we forget that like we forget how great we are and I always say that that list always reminds and I have that list and I love adding to it. Like, oh, I did the Harvard Fellowship. Oh, I started my own business. I love so I'm just like, look at how wonderful I am, right? Like and, and I think that, that that's the next thing is stop thinking that because you big yourself up and say that I'm great, I look good today, or whatever, that is being conceited. Like or or like you're being stuck up or snobby. Like none of that is true. Like you are loving on yourself and we're so not used to that. Like we're not, we we rather say, like, you know, I look good, but this piece of hair is a little bit out the way, or I look great, but like I feel a little fat or like we always like to give a compliment to ourselves and then add a little negative in there, like a little clause. And so I would say get out of that habit and start loving yourself for who you are and saying out loud, you know, I am wonderful. Like I look good today, like my hair looks fly today, my makeup looks nice, like this picture is great. All those things are okay to say about yourself because I believe that imposter syndrome really comes so ahead when you just feel so down about yourself and then you start comparing yourself to people, you start giving yourself excuses of why this happens. I got lucky, I got a scholarship, affirmative action, like all these things you tell yourself. And so that's what I would say is like, stop comparing yourself, like tell yourself you look great and, and, and amazing. And write down a list of all the things that you've accomplished and see that you did those things. And so therefore, what, whatever you are in right now, whatever you're going through, whatever situation, you deserve that. And that's going to move to the accomplishment column once you get done. And so that, those are the main things I would say, but also get to the root of why you feel that way. Was it like, you know, for me, I was bullied when I was younger because I had like real, I had like really coily and kinkly 4C hair and it was always looking like a boy. And so I was always like, you know, I don't think I'm pretty, I'm just you know, hiding myself and I'm gonna straighten my hair, it's all these things. But I had to understand that that from when I was younger, being bullied really affected how I felt about myself, right? So I had to really address that. So those are the things like those are the immediate things I would say. I didn't know there's more, but those are the immediate things I think are the simple steps I tell people. And when I say simple, I mean they're easy to talk about and harder to do. And so they all take time. So give yourself the time because we have been conditioned for all this time to think so much less of ourselves. And like, I love when I see other women and I'm sure people have this in their friend circle and your friends are like, you look so good. Like, oh my gosh, look at your shoulder. Like women just big each other up on everything, but why don't we do that to ourselves? And so I think that getting into that habit of, of doing that, I think starts you on a good path.
0: Yes again with
3: <laughs> um oh sorry I just wanted to add one thing really quick too yeah I was actually
0: about to ask you too
3: yeah um one thing I definitely learned from Disha and that she said on the last day of her study group was that like you're never gonna wake up and it's just gonna be like oh imposter syndrome is done for the rest of my life and I think that's
2: like,
3: a <laughs> thing to add is that like you don't like imposter syndrome will probably always be with you um you know what I mean? And, like, you don't just wake up mm-hmm. one day and it's just, like, gone and that's, like, the end of it. It's just a matter of, like, how do I cope with these feelings, like, when I feel them? But, like, also not having the unrealistic goal that, like, every day, someday is going yeah. to be don't feel like an imposter. Like, you, you'll you probably mm-hmm. feel like an imposter many, many times throughout the rest of your life. Disha, who seems to, like, have it all figured out about imposter syndrome, <laughs> probably still feels like an imposter um, someday. Yeah but it's just a matter of like how you cope with it.
2: Yep, I agree, totally agree.
0: And I just feel blessed by this conversation. Um, I just feel like I understand imposter syndrome more myself, even being like um, somebody that's experienced it. Um, Cause you know, when you experience things, you're like, you know, I know exactly what that feels like. Um, but it would really, when you kind of like discuss it with other people and how it manifests in their own life, you start to see it differently. Um, So thank you for being here, both of you. Thank you for highlighting how important it is for us to really hone in on the leader that we are without fear of what that's going to look like to other people, how it looks to ourselves, Um, and giving us the tools to combat imposter syndrome. I think that you guys are such inspirational leaders. I'm so encouraged by both of you. Um, I look forward to the day that I see both of you guys back in the white house again Um, (laughs) I just think you guys are going to do amazing things um i can't wait for us to continue this conversation of why it's important to address this um but i really think that this podcast in this moment is a really really great start so thank you marissa thank you Deisha, um for being here we are so very grateful and we are excited to continue helping girls combat imposter syndrome so much
3: thank you guys for inviting yes
2: me. thank you for having us here I really appreciate it and I always love to be with Marissa so
1: <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about Girl Talk follow us on social media at Girl Talk Inc and check out our website at mygirltalk.org